powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. Because I am unconditionally loved by God and at harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet in Jesus' name. Remain standing. One scripture I want you to look at. This is the most important message in the entire series we've been in already one. Say this message is the most important message in the entire series. Luke 17, 21. Luke 17, 21. Luke 17, 21. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke was a Gentile or non-Jewish physician. He was a doctor. And so Luke looks at things in the Bible that perhaps others wouldn't look at because his profession, his vocation, and his occupation gave him the ability to look at things through a lens that other folks wouldn't necessarily look through that same lens. Luke 17, 21. It says, nor will they say, see here or see there. He says, for indeed, somebody say, sure enough. He said, the kingdom of God is where? In you. Now, 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 lay your hands on yourself. Say, there's something big in here. No, 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 no. You, 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 I don't know how you say it when you believe it. Say, there's something huge in me. Say, one problem. It must be unlocked. Go back up to verse 20. I want to set the context. Luke 17 and 20. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation. They were saying, God, when is your kingdom going to come? In essence, watch this. uh, They were saying, God, we're under the rule as the Jews. They were under the rule of this Greco-Roman empire, of the Roman empire. And they said, God, when are you going to come and show yourself strong? 
When are you going to come and change things? When are you going to come and make things better? When are you going to come and fix everything that's wrong? And he said, you don't get it. Put verse 20 up. He says, you don't get it. He says, what's really going on here? Come on, verse 20. He says, the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation. Watch the next verse. He says, neither will you ever be able to say it's over here or it's over there. He said, I'll tell you where it's already at. It's in you. The change that needs to happen in your family is in you. The change that needs to happen in your children is in you. The change that needs to happen in our region is in us. The change that needs to happen in America is in us. The change that needs to happen in the region, it is in us. One problem, though, needs to be unlocked. Say, Lord, unlock me today. Father, customize this word for us, your people, that we would move and walk in everything that you have ordained. We thank you for your word. We thank you that today this word would come onto the ears of those that are doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. Give us, Father, the ability to hear and immediately obey and walk out what it is we're learning today. In Jesus' name, somebody holler, Lord, unlock me today. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. As you know, we're in our series, Already Won. Every battle, every problem, it's already won. We just have to walk out what Jesus already worked out on the cross. And in this series, church, we've been focusing on the everyday battles we face. Say everyday battles. Every day there's going to be a battle you have to face and you just need to realize God's word has equipped you to win those battles. Stop complaining that you're dealing with battles every day. That just means you're making progress every day. If, you don't, if you're not confronting battles, that means you're not making progress. So watch this. Somebody ought to take a 10-second praise break because you're dealing with some battles, which means you're making some progress. There's no need to get in the way of somebody that's not going somewhere. I dare somebody to just holler one time that you got proof that you're progressing. You got proof that you're evolving. You got proof that you're moving forward. My battle is my evidence. A battle is defined as a fight or struggle to achieve or resist something. And today's battle is the battle to be unlocked. Say unlocked. That title can bring many things to mind. To unlock what, Bishop? To unlock my future, to unlock my potential, to unlock my dreams, to unlock myself. Well, it's all that and more. Let's go further together. Can we go further? Sir Isaac Newton, one of the most influential scientists ever, introduced something called the law of motion or also known as the law of inertia. It simply says this, that an object at rest remains at rest unless it's acted upon by an external force, which suggests that nothing evolves absent an external force and things remain unchanged until they are unlocked, which includes you. Somebody holler, I need to be unlocked woven into each message this year and by the way we're at halftime right now we are in week 26 out of the 52 that we've got this year and I don't know about you my second half is going to be way better than my first half preach to myself I, I, I've had some battles in the first half of this year but now it's time to wave my flag of victory in the second half of this year Woven in each message has been that it's evolution time in your life. And we keep using that term evolution, which means to go from an inferior level to a superior level. It means to go from uh, to unveil, to evolve, to uh, be uh, revealed, to unfold. Say, I'm evolving. Which means you are not yet the best version of yourself yet. 
which means every day you are in competition with yesterday's version of yourself and here's the good news you may not be where you want to be but you got to thank God that you're not where you used to be you're better than you were 10 minutes ago you're not hearing what I'm saying you're better than you were a week ago think about it last week this time you were dealing with some issues that had you discouraged had you depressed but this time you're saying who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defied the armies of the living God baby I am evolving but Newton suggests that nothing evolves absent an external force and things remain unchanged until they are unlocked. So the question becomes, what external force? What's used to unlock you? Now, ultimately, I know because this is a Christian church, right? So ultimately, watch this. The easy answer is, Bishop, I know what the external force is. I know what's going to unlock me. The easy answer is Jesus, right? Somebody said that's the easy answer. It's not only the easy answer, it is also the truthful answer. But here's the question. How does he do that? Touch your neighbor, talk to him like you're from the south. Say, how he do that there? How, how does he do that? Because if you grew up in church, you heard stuff like that. And if you were like me, you got frustrated because it never made sense. Jesus is going to change your life. How? Jesus is going to make a way. How? Hold on to his hand. How do, where is his hand? I hold it if I can see it. Anybody else like that? You ever got, and you heard people say stuff in church. You were like, what does that mean? You don't even know what that means. The answer ultimately is Jesus. But the question is, how does he do that? Let's find out together. Can we go further together, church? Here it is. Luke 11 and 2. So he said to them, when you pray, this is Jesus speaking. He said, say this, our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. You can say it with me. Your kingdom come. Stop. Why did he need to say the kingdom needed to come? Because it wasn't there yet. Then he said, your will be done where? On earth as it is what? In heaven. Why did he need to say that? It wasn't happening. He said, I got a bunch of people calling my name, but nobody's manifesting my kingdom. I got a bunch of people shouting my name, but nobody is manifesting my will from heaven in the earth. But touch your neighbor, say, you're about to, like you never have before. That's the wrong neighbor. That's their little suspect. Try the other one. Say, you're about to, like you never have before. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So now let's just break down the verse. Can we unpack it? A kingdom, that word kingdom in the Greek language of our New Testament, where we're at in Luke, it is the word basilia for my note takers. It means your realm, your royalty, your rule, your reign. Your realm, your royalty, your rule, your reign. So what is Jesus saying? Your realm, your royalty, your rule, and your reign come. Then he says, your will be done on earth. Well, earth is the word G in Greek, G-E, like the appliance company. Which means soil, land, country, world, life. We make it simple. He says, your rule, your realm, your royalty, your reign, come. And I need your will to be done in my life as it is in what? Heaven. That word heaven in Greek is the word oranos for my note takers, which has several definitions. I'll give them all until you get to the one I want you to focus on. It means your elevation. That means your perspective. He says, I need to see it like you see it because the way I've been seeing it ain't the right way to see it. 
happiness, power, eternity, abode of God. So let's unpack the verse with this newfound meaning. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in your abode, hallowed be your great be your name, your realm, royalty, rule, reign, come. Your will be done in my life as it is in your abode. I don't think they're stressed out in heaven. I don't think they're sick in heaven. Matter of fact, the Bible says the streets are paved with gold, which means what they walk on is what most people strive to get, which means God's basement is often our ceiling. You still here? Okay, let's go further together. So now, Jesus says, when you pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, it will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your realm, royalty, rule, reign, let it be in my life just like it is in your abode. You got that, church? Stay with me. Let's go further together. Matthew 16, 18. Watch this. Because the message is the battle to be unlocked. You need to be unlocked. So some of you are like, Bishop, where in the world are you going with this? Newton and all this connected. I'm going to connect it real good. I'm going to work this like a part-time job. Matthew 16, 18. And also I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. Now, why did he announce to Peter who Peter is? Did, he need, did Peter need to be reminded of his name? Well, actually, to be honest with you, he did because throughout the Gospels, Peter had three different names. Because he was shifty. He was shaky. He changed with the wind. So he did need to be reminded. But what's the real deal he's saying? Jesus was speaking to this group of 12. Now, Jesus had thousands of disciples so if you say well Jesus had 12 disciples not true he had thousands of disciples and then you might say well he only had 12 uh, 12 uh, apostles no that's not true either he had uh, many apostles because apostle comes from the Greek word apostello which means sent ones there were however 12 ruling apostles these 12 were in charge of everybody else and Peter was one of them he says and I say to you that you are Peter so he's making it clear he's not speaking to all the disciples and he's not speaking to all the apostles. He's speaking to those that are ruling. Got it? Does anybody say stay with Bishop? And I say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against him. Verse 19. Now let's see, let's see if you can connect this real quick. And I will give you the keys. Who? Those 12. And I will give you the keys to the what? Kingdom. No, you, you already missed it. You already missed it. You already missed it. You already missed it. Touching them said you already missed it. Okay, okay. And I will give you the what? Keys. Say he's got the key. Say the holy key. And I will give you the keys. To the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth. It's going to be bound in heaven. In other words he says whatever you say goes. Goes. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So Jesus tells us. You still with me church? Jesus tells us. When you pray say. Our father in heaven hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well who's got those keys? He gave them to the men of God. You still with me? You, you, did you see that for yourself? Okay, now watch this. Let's get the connection to where we started. Luke 17, 21. Luke 17, 21. 
Nor will they say, see us over here or see us over there. For the kingdom of God is within you. Come here, Peter. Let me give you some keys. Well, keys to what? The kingdom. Where's the kingdom? In the people. What do you need keys for? To unlock. Okay. Okay. No, 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 no. We didn't get it. We didn't get it. That's okay. Let's back it up. Back it up. Oop, oop, doo, doo, doo. Back it up. Luke 11 and 2. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Got it? Then he tells Peter. He tells Peter who represents this group of ruling apostles. In fact, the term, appropriate term would be bishops. He tells them, he says, you're Peter Nim. And on this rock, he literally points to this rock. Uh, it was the same mountain from Psalm 133, which meant unity. He says, put the verse up. He says, and on this rock, I'm going to build my church. But rock has a greater meaning. On this revelation, on this understanding, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against what? It. Next verse. And I'm going to give you the keys to the what? Kingdom. Luke 17, 21. Luke 17, 21. The kingdom is. Go back, Matthew. Matthew 18, 19. Touch your neighbor. Say, when you get it, make some noise like you get it. I, I need to make sure we get this, church, because if, if we don't get this, I can't move further. And I will give you the what? Keys of the what? Kingdom. Luke 17, 21. The kingdom is in you. He says, this ain't some church game y'all are playing. This is where you come in and you get. I'm not hearing what I'm saying. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. God's kingdom, his rule, his reign, his royalty, his realm, it's here now. And hear me, church, it's in us. But it's unlocked by the man of God that you're assigned to. And that's why faithful church attendance is so important because this is the place. Holla, this is the place. This is the place you're unlocked so that you can evolve. Did you catch that? So when you come to church, you're not just coming to put in your time stamp for the week. You're coming to be clink, clink. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. This is not just some church game we do because we have nothing else to do on a Sunday and nothing else to do on a Wednesday. This is the place we are unlocked. And there's a me inside of me that's dying to get out of me, but it's got to be unlocked. And the Bible says that the way it's unlocked is through the man of God you assigned to. Can I take it another further? Uh, uh, say there's a me in me waiting to be unlocked. His realm, his rule, his royalty, his reign, that's in you. His kingdom is in you. That's why no matter how much dirt folk throw on you, somehow, someway you still keep emerging. Do I have any witnesses in here? 
You've even been dealing with some stuff over the last several months where people have tried to throw dirt on you and tried to set you up and tried to say this about you, talk about you, and lie on you, and scandalize your name. But the reason that you keep coming forth is because there's something great on the inside of you. How about somebody say, the kingdom's in me, baby? You ain't sitting next to chump chains. You ain't sitting next to some regular average somebody. You are sitting next to the embodiment of the kingdom of God. We won't be able to look and say it's over there, it's over there, it's over there, it's over there. No, it's in here. That's why sometimes you feel like you don't know yourself. It's because there's a you that's on the inside of you that needs to be unlocked. And he said, I give those keys to the man of God you're assigned to. Which is why this isn't a church game. This isn't just something we do to play around. This is, this is the place you come to be unlocked. But you'll notice, church, that the title of the message is the battle to be unlocked. Why would being unlocked be a battle? Have you ever, have you ever got to your door? And when you get to your door, you're struggling to get the key in? No, nobody's ever had that? Maybe your neighbor just has a voice-activated door, so they just walk up and say, door open. I don't have one of those yet. Let me find it on Amazon. No, I will have it by Tuesday, prime two-day shipping. Uh, I don't have one of those. So there are some times where when I'm trying to get the key in to unlock the door, I've either got the key upside down, or sometimes the lock has become difficult. Okay, the lock sometimes can become difficult. Sometimes the key can become warm. The reality is, is we can all relate to trying to get a key in something where it was difficult. Can't we? Can't we? And then watch this. And sometimes that small little transaction of getting the door open can be a major point of frustration. Anybody? Anybody where you ever had to pray because you were like, Lord Jesus, if this Jesus, Lord, if this key. And then watch this, watch this. Okay, I'm going to make it real since y'all ain't saying nothing. And then parents, somehow your children will get blamed for why the key doesn't work. Thank you for the two honest parents in the church. See, if y'all would stop all that noise. As if the noise has something to do with why the key won't go into the door. What y'all do to the door before we left the house? Y'all always messing with stuff. Shouldn't be unlocked be simple shouldn't it be easy somebody holler it's not and there's one reason and here it is i'm going in for the kill daddy issues yep 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 i was gonna call this message the battle against daddy issues because as a pastor and spiritual father to many i must deal with this issue directly to unlock those i lead because it's irresponsible to keep preaching about your evolution and not confront the primary reason preventing evolution yep 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 touch your neighbor say he turned that corner sure did i rolled it like it was old <laughs> The word father, say father. And I know what you're thinking. Why didn't he preach this on Father's Day? Because you would have expected that. I wanted to catch everybody that skipped on Father's Day. 
The word father means life giver. So your life is often a reflection of what you were given or not given by your father. So I want to ask you to do something this morning, church, that may require a little courage that's not meant to embarrass anyone but to unlock everyone. Somebody holler, Lord, unlock me. How many people, with a show of hands, you can say you have or had a loving relationship with your father that was or is active in your life? All right. How many people you can say this? You have or had a tumultuous or otherwise complicated relationship with your father. Okay. How many people you have or had an absentee father? Watch this. The statistics say that up to 72% of homes are fatherless, which means that's the majority of Americans. So, so Bishop, what, what does daddy issues have to do with being unlocked? Well, because when you have daddy issues, there are three predominant character traits that are produced that make the process un of unlocking you difficult. So it becomes a battle. And the reason it becomes a battle is because, number one, you have control issues. Don't slow me down. You have control issues. Somebody say control issues. Watch this. When you have daddy issues, you have control issues, which cause you to strive to control everything and everyone, which pushes you to be a perfectionist. And you're overly emotional and you're overly sensitive, especially when you're corrected because you fear abandonment. So if anybody corrects you, you're scared that they're abandoning you. If anybody says, don't do it like this, you go home and you cry. And now you're talking about quitting the church and quitting your job and quitting this and quitting that. Not because of a real issue, but because you have an unresolved daddy issue. But then, but then, but then, but then, but then, but then when you have daddy issues, when you have daddy issues, then you also have narcissism. Narcissism is extreme selfishness, self-centeredness, and arrogance, which manifests as a result of seeking the attention you never got. So you give it to yourself at the expense of everyone else, and you are addicted to attention from others, and social media magnifies that. If you don't get a ton of likes, you spend your afternoon saying, well, maybe I need to take it different. It's narcissism. You don't care who you hurt. You don't care who gets in your way. You don't care how you not doing your part impacts the whole. Because when you're a narcissist, it's all about me. All eyes on me. It's quiet in the church. And so you're not able to be unlocked because you want to control the process of being unlocked. And you're not able to be unlocked because the moment somebody else's unlocking process seems to eclipse yours, your narcissism steps in the way. Okay, I, I, I'm preaching better than y'all than y'all are saying amen to me. The final set of character issues that can sometimes come up when you when you have daddy issues, passive-aggressive behavior. It's the indirect expression of hostility and reaction to authority figures and in close relations relationships. So it causes you to always vacillate. Okay, y'all 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 are real quiet right here. I said, y'all are real quiet right to you. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Say, Lord, unlock me. Now, watch this. I realize for some folks, because I turned that corner so fast, you're still stuck on the kingdom is in me. But we got to get to where we're going fast. I don't have all day. In fact, the red light's blinking at me saying I'm out of time. But I got to make sure you get this. 
when you have daddy issues and you could have had a father that was present in your life. But watch this, because the word father means life giver. If there was something you were not given, that means you go through life missing that in your life. And if there's something you were given that you needed to lose, that means you spend the rest of your life trying to lose something you never should have been given. So watch this, watch this. When you vacillate, that means, watch this. And when I'm preaching to you, I dare you, church, to just be real. I know a message like this, you might think Bishop is better for Wednesday, but I said, no, I got to bring it on a Sunday because I need to set everybody free. I need to unlock us all. And I noticed something when I left church last Sunday. Every restaurant I drove by was an empty parking lot. And on Mother's Day, even Village Inn, Got a, got a full parking lot. But on, watch this. on Mother's Day, you want the, the Mother's Day high noon brunch. On Father's Day, we're going to barbecue. Which tells me our culture has daddy issues. It, it, it's quiet in here. It, it's, it's quiet in here. So, so passive aggressive behavior. So you vacillate. That means your emotions fluctuate in bewildering, perplexing, and enigmatic or mysterious ways. You're very difficult to fathom or comprehend. You're capricious, which means you have sudden and unaccountable mood swings. You just say, I'm feeling some type of way, yet you don't know the reason you feel in some type of way. You just know you feel in some type of way because you got passive aggressive behavior, but you're passive aggressive because you got daddy issues. You waver and you're irresolute. You can't make a decision about anything because you're so concerned about making a perfect decision that you don't make any decision because you never got affirmation from your daddy that it was okay to fail in a decision and he was still going to be right there to love you in your failure. Woo, but today, watch this, passive aggressive. Then not only do you vacillate, but you could be discontented. That means you grumble. That means you're petty. So somebody looks at you a certain way, you now make sure that you go walk past them and look at them a certain way. Somebody doesn't say good morning to you, you intentionally walk past them and look right at them and don't say good morning to them because you're petty. Touch your neighbor say, don't be petty. You're testy, you're cranky, you're bitter, you complain, you're fretful, you're vexed, you're moody, you gripe behind false pretense, you avoid confrontation, you'll talk to everybody else about your issue except the one that can fix your issue. You'll have uh, trivial complaints. Ooh, but today and somebody might say if it's your first time why do they keep hollering but today because today those days if that's been new are over in your life you're getting ready to be unlocked somebody holler lord unlock me then you can be circuitous when you're passive aggressive that means you're contentious you always want to fight because you weren't fought for You always want to start something with somebody because nobody was there to start something with you. Okay, watch this. Then you're intransigent. That means you're inflexible even when you're wrong. You're quarrelsome. You always got to get your side of the story out. You're irritable. You can be caustic. That means you're sarcastic in a bitter way. You can have be debased, which means low morality. You can contradict and derogate. That means you abandon your responsibilities and you can have very little remorse. That's abrasive. So watch this. When you're passive aggressive, you can be, you can vacillate, you can be discontented, you can be abrasive. And then finally, you can be circuitous. When you think of circuitous, you got to think of going in circles. Say round and round. I used to go. Not anymore. When you're circuitous, that means you will display your opposition in a roundabout and ambiguous manner. And you do it through procrastination. You won't say what the truth is. You just take a long time to do it so that nobody wants you to do it anymore. 
You're dottle. You're dottle. You're dottle. D-A-W-D-L-E. You're dottle, which means, watch this, that means you just be slow. You ever met somebody and you're like, this is earth. You seem to not be from around here. Anybody ever met somebody like that? Just, now, if they're sitting next to you, it's okay. They, don't know, we, they won't even know we're talking about them. <laughs> being funny church here's the deal here's the trip about it you'll be you'll be intentionally slow not just in how you get things done but in your comprehension because the watch this here's the fear if i comprehend i'll be responsible for it, so it's best to not know so i can so it's best to not know that way i'm not held accountable oops i was supposed to do that oops i'm supposed to oh oops it's quiet in the church Forgetfulness. Yes, I just forget everything. Okay, I know I am. Inefficient. Neglect. Stubbornness. Indirect and devious inventing resentment. All of those are passive, the manifestation of passive aggressive behavior. And it all comes as a result of daddy issues. Narcissism, control issues, and passive aggressive. And then you say, Jesus, unlock me. And he said, let's get to work. You know why you're drawn to this place? Out of the 1,800 churches that are in this region, I know, I didn't believe the number either. From Boulder to Colorado Springs. You want to know why you're drawn here? It's because the key you need. That's why you couldn't fit anywhere else. That's why you weren't drawn anywhere else. You were drawn here because the key you... I'm not hearing what I'm saying. Shut your neighbor, say, I found my key. And say, Lord, unlock me. But those are the issues, church, that block you from being unlocked. But you don't have to live with those issues because he gave you the key to unlock you. And that's the man of God you're assigned to. And that unlocking happens. Watch this church. When you, God, and I work together to see your life evolve and our church evolve and our region evolve. And I want to leave you with this one scripture. I did not write an ending to the message on purpose because I wanted to leave it. I wanted to leave it however the Lord would have us to end this. So I didn't write an ending. Say there is no ending. Normally when you're a good preacher, you got to always have an ending. And typically, in a charismatic style church, non-denominational church, the endings got to, you got to take them all the way up here. And then you got to say, ooh, say it, sir. Come on, preach it. Ooh, preach it, sir. But I didn't write an ending. Touch your neighbor say, there's no ending for this. Because what God wants to do is unlock every single person under the sound of my voice. And for some of you, that unlocking is going to come through a shout. For some of you, that unlocking will come through a praise. But for some, that unlocking is going to simply come through a hug. So I don't know how he's going to end it. I just want to leave you with this verse. Say, Lord, unlock me. 1 Corinthians 4.15. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. This is the Apostle Paul. Hands were laid on him by Peter. So that means Paul's got some keys. As a bishop... We have this thing called apostolic succession. All it is is a fancy term for you can track all the way back to Jesus. Somebody laying hands, laying hands, laying hands, laying hands, laying hands, laying hands, eventually laying hands on me. Which means I got some keys. I want to show you something. 1 Corinthians 4.15. 1 
For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Watch verse 16. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. Here's what that word imitate really means. Because he's not saying, you know, if I move my neck like this, you move your neck like that. He's not saying if I do my shoulders, you do your shoulders. He's not saying if I do proud Mary, you do proud Mary. He's saying, therefore, I urge you, follow me. Let's go. Let's go together. Where are we going, Bishop? To unlock you. To unlock the leader in you. To unlock the curse breaker in you. To unlock the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. To unlock the greatness in you. To unlock the potential in you. To unlock the great mother in you. To unlock the great father in you. To unlock the world changer in you. To unlock the history maker in you. Somebody holler, Lord, unlock me. Stand on your feet with me, church. Did you get this? Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.